This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome into the New for Jack podcast. I'm Jamal St. here alongside Justin Barney. Justin, I feel like it's been a while since we did one of these, and now it's uh, full steam ahead for the Jaguars. One week left in the season, and we'll talk about it. It's a big one. It just does not seem like we – it seems like over a year since we've met and talked, doesn't it? I mean, with vacation time and everything, and um, it's good to be back on the airwaves. And I, I go back to conversations you and I had before the season kicked off, and your words have rung true about this division being weak and Jacksonville being a playoff contender, and – you were a nail on the head. I mean, the Titans have limped to the finish line. Fell apart. Six in a row they've lost, and uh, you hit the nail on the head when you said this division was so weak that you thought Jacksonville had a chance of winning. I was not that. I'm, I said six, seven wins was my max for them, and I did not think that a division crown would be in the cards, but you were adamant that it could happen um, due to the, the ABC South being as down as it appeared, and Nail on the head, my friend. Right. You know, hey, look, I'm not going to say I was confident when I said I thought they could make I just, I thought that the, the division was weak. I didn't trust Matt Ryan, and I, I just really didn't trust that Derrick Henry still had the tires to carry the Titans. I think we, Ryan Tannehill at this point had been exposed, and the Titans are going to be forced to go into rebuild mode, even though they tried to go soft with it at first. So, I, I, you know, I, I knew it was in the realm of possibility that, that they could make a run. And, you know, I think... The, what's crazy is, you know, I, I think when I did my preseason prediction, I was right there in that realm with mm-hmm. you for game for game for seven wins because I talked myself out of some games. Uh, but now that we've kind of rolled through the season, there's one game left, some of the coaching staff kind of, you know, quietly saying, you know, they looked at it during the offseason program and thought that this, was, this team was going to win more games than that. They had that much confidence, which is something that we talked about. Um, when Doug Peterson gave a lot of the guys off for mandatory minicamp, right? He, he essentially that was that was a topic of conversation. With that us. was that was a sign that that we took or that I took as he likes something that he's mm-hmm. seen from this team. And now that they've made it there, you know, we're at the we're at the end of the thing, and and it it, it got there an interesting way to get Very. here. But they thought back then that that this team had the capabilities of doing this of of getting close to double digit wins we talked before the season you were right on target with the afc south being down and jaguars contending for that because it was so down the other portion of that was we both were in agreement if trevor could break into that top crust of that 12 13 range of quarterbacks in the league and again you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 quarterbacks. You're talking Kirk Cousins kind of range. Mm-hmm. If Trevor could get to that point, then the Jaguars would have a chance to compete for a playoff spot. Did not think they could win the AFC South. I thought the Titans with Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill back, even after the offseason roster purge of the Titans, trading A.J. Brown, for instance, I thought that Tennessee would still be the team to beat. That, again, it's still the case. They're defending champions, but... Jacksonville was closer to that AFC South title than uh, we gave him credit for, and a large part of that is Trevor Lawrence. I think right now you look at Trevor Lawrence and you could say he is comfortably in 
that mid-range to upper crust of quarterbacks in the league. And, and for both of us, we said in, in unison, if Trevor can get there, this team can take that massive leap forward. Did not think he would get there this year. I've said it all year. I said year three was Trevor's year. Uh, he has accelerated that timeline considerably. Trevor's hit that that you know semi-elite range of an NFL quarterback. He, to me, he's in that that top 12 conversation right now. Um, even higher than that, if we're just looking at the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. But he is in that that category. Jaguars are a playoff team with Trevor with Trevor playing out of his mind and, and we were both on spot on on that but you and I were different because I I was not like Doug Peterson I did not see more wins that they looked at I know you said Doug must be confident in this team because you don't give you don't give guys training camp breaks when you're trying to set a culture no and, not, not and a team that won that. three games last right. year and he and he did that and to me that was always a sign of of confidence he'd seen something he'd seen enough in the classroom and, and the talent on the roster which you know I I think we talked about it and as you know from the outside looking in from the outside perspective last year I still said that that was a six win team and that poor coaching you know they only walked away with three Mm -hmm. because of terrible coaching It wasn't for a complete lack of talent Um, and obviously that didn't come together doesn't matter and we know that Urban Meyer will be remembered as one of the worst coaches in NFL history Mm -hmm. but now Doug Peterson is here he walks in sees that the cupboards not bare plus I mean I was talking to folks, this has got to be one of the better free agent halls like in NFL history. I mean, right. When you start looking at the guys that they were able to bring in this past offseason, I mean, three your top three receivers, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, all free agent signs. You brought in Brandon Scherf, who started every game mm-hmm. for you at guard. Um, on the other side, Foye Oluokun is going to lead the league in tackles for the second year in a row and has started every game for you at linebacker. You also brought in Foley Fatukasi, who started for you at, on the defensive Invaluable line. on that defensive Invaluable. line. Darius Williams, who now that he's moved outside, has been a lockdown corner. Different player, corner, right. Different player. Um, and, you know, Arden Key, he hasn't got the starts to his belt that some of those other guys have, but he's played a significant role in every My game. My favorite two signings were Evan Ingram and Arden Key. I love those two signings. The one-year And it's taken, it's taken them a little bit of time to kind of sync up. I mean, Evan Ingram, the stretch of games he's had has been remarkable. Surpassed Kyle Brady, 729, highest single season receiving total in Jaguars franchise history. You're talking a 27-year, 28-year stretch. So that's impressive. And from, from Jacksonville's history with free agency, it's not been kind. I mean, you wind the clock all the way back to, to Bryce Pop, to Laurent Robinson, the receiver from the Cowboys. They've just not had that success where they've bagged signing after signing after signing in one year. And they have absolutely crushed it. Early on in the season, it did not look like that. Uh, there were some question marks on this free agency class as those defensive struggles mounted mm-hmm. early in the season. But second half of the year, these guys have earned their keep. Yep. These guys have made Trent Balky look like a uh, wizard in the, in the in the free agency process. He has, he has hit on so many of these guys. Mm-hmm. And it didn't look like that early with Evan Ingram. Didn't look like that early with, um, you know, Darius Williams. He, but again, he's been a different player when you moved him outside to replace Shaquille Griffin. Um, it, it, everything has gone right for Jacksonville. The injury bug, you know, while you lost Cam Robinson lately and Dewan Smoot, disappointing. But they've really avoided those injuries that killed them in the past. Travis Etienne loses his rookie season. They've avoided those, you know, Doug said in his press conference, this week, we've been fortunate. We've been lucky with a lot of these injury situations because, you know, the Trevor injury, it gets the Lions. That could have been catastrophic. Right. Turns out to Bruce Toe, and it's lingered. But, again, 
the flip side of that could have been a franchise-altering injury. Um, you've not had those absolutely catastrophic injuries this year, and Doug Peterson knows that, yeah, yeah of course, you prepare for that, your strength and condition train, you treat those injuries, but sometimes pure pure luck that goes into these yeah. equations. Yeah, you got to get lucky. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, and you know what? You take what you can get. Uh, that The Jaguars have battled to this point. I mean, when they got absolutely railroaded by the Lions a couple of weeks ago, uh, it, which it seems like it was forever ago, but it really wasn't that long ago when you look at the calendar. And that Lions game was really the turning point for the season. We thought it was, you know, that was the train going off the rails, but that was maybe the jump start in the car right. that, that, that's driven them to the finish line. Those guys, every guy, every, even Doug Peterson, they keep turning back to that Lions game and saying almost like, we don't want to feel that again. Right. And I go back to a couple of pivotal points in this season. I think the Broncos game in London, turning point for Trevor, mm -hmm. and you go up to right about the bye week where, where Trevor's talking after the Chiefs game, and he's talking, this is a seven-game season we have left. We've got a lot to play for when we return from the bye, and I, I just keep hearing those words from Trevor Lawrence. He's talking about, this is still, our season's not over. We have a lot to play for. Mm -hmm. And you, you package that with his performance in the, the, the Broncos game in London, how bad that was, how bad he felt, what he took out of that game. And then you look at how he spoke after that Chiefs game. Here, we're counting them out. We're saying draft picks and looking ahead towards next year. And, you know, do you shut guys down this year and play younger guys to see what they're about? And they approach that, that seven-game season as we're still in this thing. And they had to play a perfect stretch of football down in that second half of the season. Mm -hmm. And they have been remarkable since that, uh, since coming off that bye, with the exception of the Lions game. And, exception of the Lions. An old Jaguars team, an, an Urban Meyer Jaguars team last year, <sighs> they would have gone crumbled. in the absolute toilet after right. that loss. Right. Absolute toilet. This team that never blinked, and now, now that's led us up to a Week 18 matchup that is huge. This is all for the marbles, and I think we've the argument this week that, that a lot of people have been having, or, or historians, is whether or not this is the biggest regular season Jaguars game in franchise history. And from my looking, and I guess, you know, I, the one thing people keep saying is, oh, well, you can't discount the playoffs. But I'm not, I'm not counting the playoffs because this team hasn't gotten there yet. So if I'm saying regular season, all the other ones that I could find, they, there hasn't been a win in your in at the end of the season. Either it was a really good year and you already knew you were in before that final game of the season, or you got to that final game of this regular season and you had to win and get a little bit of help from somewhere else. So but this one... Yeah, Jaguar in 96, their, their year would have been, to me, the only thing comparable to this. You win this game against mm -hmm. the Falcons, you're in the playoffs. Ah, the missed Morton Anderson so kick. Yeah. you had that, that one, but again, that was for a wild card spot. That's right. not for a division title. You're, you know, you're, you're happy to be there. This is for an AFC South title. This is for a home this playoff is, game. This is for a huge thing. So the, the 96 game, you went into that game. It was a very similar situation to this year. You got hot the last part of the year. They had a Sunday night football win. Tony Brackens went crazy in that game. Um, it just a, Everything went right down the stretch for the Jaguars in 96 to make the playoffs as a 9-7 and seven team. They mm. did it with a little bit of fortuitous luck with Morton Anderson lines up for a chip shot field goal. That would have ended their season, I believe, a 30-yard field goal, and he hooks it, uh, missed that, and then, of course, they went on a, on a playoff run and played for the AFC title in just their second season. But this, to me, it's at home. It's been, you know, this is not expansion-era Jaguars. This is a Jaguars team that has been down on their luck for many years. 
the struggles were there. You know, not it, to me, it's not even it not even comparable to 2017 when they backed into a to an AFC South championship. They had a bad streak at the end. Um, they they got hammered on the West Coast and they backed their way into uh, to an AFC South title. So mm-hmm. to me, this is more this is more of an align alignment with that 96, but different a different time than you're playing for a wild card spot. Everything's new. You know what you have to do. This is your biggest rival at home Saturday night in prime time. That Atlanta Falcons game in 96 was not was not this kind of scenario. Whole town is jacked and still learning to be football fans of an NFL team. Mm-hmm. This is you know what you're happening. Oh, Division titles huge. at stake. Yeah. This is to me I would say the biggest non-playoff game since that 96 um, that 96 game against the Falcons and I would even put that a tick below this game because this is for an AFC South championship. This game is this game is huge and I mean, I think the bank is going to be absolutely insane. I've, you know, heard the, the, some of the tailgates are starting at one o'clock. I'm gonna try and swing through a couple of them. I, you, everyone that's going to this game needs to soak up this environment because the one thing that you can say is like, first off, the Jaguars haven't had a game like this in forever. Second off, this is Doug Peterson's first year, and now he wants the players to get used to this, but fans are gonna have to get used to it too because if he can have and build the type of team that he wants to build. I mean, man, you could have you talk about a game like this at mm-hmm. least every year. I mean, that'd be that'd be pretty sweet, right. you know. And I mean, it, there's there's something. It's different. I know you weren't here in 2017. You've no. been around the, the Saints, and that's been your team. You've had a lot of <laughs> success to root for with uh, New Orleans, and um, it's Once been. Once Drew Brees got there, yeah. So right, so you you understand that in, in your neck of the woods, and you felt how, you know, probably New Orleans shifted when the Saints were rocking, and mm-hmm. everything felt down there. So. This, in, in a football town like Jacksonville, where you've not had that success, mm-hmm. the town feels different this week. Oh, yeah. I mean, can, look, and you, can you feel it around town? I, it's, I've always thought about it, you know, and the, one of the reasons why I've wanted to see the Jaguars have success is because I've seen, you know, right. when the Saints, like, I, growing up as a Saints fan, people were ashamed to say that they were Saints fans. You know, it was like quiet, like, yeah, I watched the game, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I got season two. Yeah, yeah. it was like it was like you, you mm-hmm. whispered about it. You know, you didn't you didn't you know excl- you know yell it from the mountaintops. You're like yeah, because the team was just consistently so bad. Mm-hmm. Like when I rattle off some of the the. the the awful history of the things the Saints have done. You know, they've drafted guys that are professional wrestlers. They passed on all these all these players. I mean, they, they stunk for oh, a yeah. long my time. Oh, yeah, my uncle and was. I, and I rattle that off to people. They're like, that really happened? I'm like, yeah, go look it up. My I'm, uncle was a massive Saints fan, <laughs> and he grew up, and he's like, John Forcade, he's going to be our new quarterback, and he's going to be that guy, Billy Joe Hobart. And, you know, you, you pin all these hopes on yeah. Saints. He was a diehard Saints fan, and not until Drew Brees got there, was he able to experience any of that? And you, you, you would say. I mean, like, look, I grew up there. And, I mean, you know, working in the media and covering teams, I, you know, I've gotten text messages from family where, like, when I was in, in an area where we covered Falcons, and, you know, my aunt told me, she said, your grandfather's rolling over in his grave, you over here covering the Falcons. I'm like, no, it's, it, there's some hate that runs deep, but it doesn't get there until you, you want the team to be good. I remember, like, as a kid, like, people being ashamed to talk about those games. And it, I get it. That's why I've, like, seen the turnaround. I've seen the other side, mm-hmm. you know, of what it can do and how it energizes when you flip that switch. Because all these people that have been, you know, quiet Jaguars fans that have, that have rode through the struggles, if Trevor Lawrence is the player that we've seen this year, if Doug Peterson is the coach that, you know, that, that he's shown that he is, I mean, he's already got a Lombardi trophy to his name. Mm-hmm. It, this is fun. And all of a sudden, everybody's juiced, and you're like, man, I've been a lifelong Jaguars fan. 
and now mm -hmm. you know you can see it and you hope that there's sustained excellence as opposed to like 2017 was a blip on the radar even the 90s you know that success ultimately when that was the the only mm -hmm. like consistent pocket of success that was a blip I mean, you you want to say that Doug Peterson's going to coach here for ten years, and of those ten years, you hope that you know you're at least contending right. for the playoffs, seven of them. Mm -hmm. You know, so when when you look at it that way, that, that's when you turn a corner as a franchise. All of a sudden, you make those lifelong fans. You will see more tailgating around the bank at for one o'clock games next year, and you get that juice, and that's when the ride becomes fun because right. it just changes. It changes everything, and people have talked about it here before. Um, I had a cop tell me, you know, in 17 when the team was good, how crime just went down in the city. And that was the same thing in New Orleans, and it happens all over the country. People complain about crime in their cities, and they don't realize how much a, a winning football team right. can truly right. affect those numbers. And it's crazy that it does, but when everybody has to be in a place watching a game at 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, nobody's doing anything else. They're right. watching the game because, you know, everybody's bought into it. And, uh, I mean, that's part of the fun of when the team is good, you know, that's the fun ride. And we're talking about how big this game is this week. I mean, let them win the game, mm -hmm. and then you got a home playoff game the next week. Well, then, now that's the biggest game of the season. And and now you get to build on that week in and week out as opposed to, you know, we, were, we sat here and talked about games this week, this year. I mean, the Cowboys game, for instance, and we're sitting there like, I sure hope it rains because that's the only way I thought they, they mm -hmm. would be able to hold in that game. And then they go out there and win. It, those are the realizations as opposed to getting three happy game, three right. happy Sundays a year. Now you get maybe ten, maybe it's, nine this year. It, there is just it changes. A, it's a different feeling yeah. when there is a successful NFL team in town. I went through it in '96 as a fan, as as I'm in college at the time, and just there was a different vibe around town. I mean, I. There are certain moments in Jaguars history, if you've been around here for a long enough time, I remember the exact moment where I was walking in from school when the Jaguars were awarded. Um, uh, Jacksonville was awarded the franchise in 93, and I remember the playoff. I remember the first game in uh, Jaguars history, but that playoff run in 96 to me was uh, just a remarkable time, it, you know, not even to be a fan, but just in this city. I mean, you, you drive around town, you see banners up everywhere, car dealerships, mom and pop restaurants, everybody uniting behind the Jaguars. And you see that in the playoffs. You see that with a winning team. And it is amazing how winning cures so much. At this point mm -hmm. last year, you know, people were showing up to the, the final game with clown noses, Trent Balky, Fire Balky. Right. He's terrible. What does winning do to the, the I mean, Balky is, is a cult is, folk hero He's now. <laughs> amazing at this point. And, you know, Doug Peterson is in the conversation for Coach of the Year. There's excitement. There's national buzz around the team. And for once, Jaguars fans, media, were not talking about, yeah, who should they pick uh, in the top five of the draft? And that's what it appeared to be this year. And having been around this franchise, this team, um, a good portion of my life as a, as a in the professional capacity, it is just amazing to see what they've done in one quick season. And I, I, I liken it to 96 because it came out of nowhere. Uh, you did not think it. I mean, the, the 96 season, I know you've mentioned before on uh, on our podcast, just mm -hmm. the, the parallels between this season and what happened in 96. And having been a fan in 96 and seeing that, you start to feel the, the similarities just in town, around the area between that. And there's nothing like a successful NFL franchise in town, and I thought we would get there next year. Happened to be 
Hey, a year early. Yeah, early Christmas present, early New Year present, whatever you want to call it. All right, I got a stat for you, and you're going to like this one. In NFL history, four teams have lost five straight games and won five straight games in a single season. Okay. 1970 Bengals, 1986 Jets, 1997 Vikings, the 2015 Chiefs. The Jaguars on Saturday have the chance to become the 15 to do that. Oh, and made the playoffs. All of these lost mm-hmm. five games, won five games, and made the playoffs. Left that part out. So the Jaguars have the chance to be the 15. The cool part of this, Doug Peterson would have been a part of the last two teams to do it because he was with that 2015 Chiefs team. Nice. Okay. That started the year 1-5, and five, rattled off like 11 straight wins, and then went into the playoffs. And now the Jaguars have won four straight. They beat the Titans. That would be their fifth. So they would have lost all five games in the month of October, mm-hmm. won the last five games of the season. I mean, it, th- that's a wild stat. That's I mean, you want to talk about a tale of two seasons, like and, in and of itself? You know, Doug, he, he's mentioned it time and again, and I thought that's that would derail them. The, the Denver game, awful. And you come back and you have the Lions after the, you know, after the bye. Uh, it's, you can't explain this team. They've been so all over the place, but... What they've been after the bye week is pretty darn consistent. Yes. And Doug mentioned this week and, and talked about it and used the word callous, uh, which I thought really described this team very well for what they went through in October. Losing five straight games, the fashion that you lost those games in, uh, from a close game against the Eagles to an, an absolute heartbreaker, an implosion against the Broncos. You lost those games that you should have won. And Doug said that could have that could have sunk this team. And I, I saw no panic in the locker room. And what those losses did, built scar tissue, built a callus around this program where we were not affected by anything. We we'd seen everything we could see at the bottom of the barrel in October. You lose five games in the way you did, and that really calloused this team that they weren't going to be affected by anything else. So I do think that October month of October. When this season is kind of sliced and diced and, and looked at from the microscopic view, October is going to be the thing that stands out the most from this team because it calloused the team and it really launched them forward to, to what we're seeing now. Yeah, and this, this is big. I mean, they, they've got an opportunity to go out and take out a Titans team that is riddled with injuries. They're going to be starting freaking Josh Dobbs at quarterback this week. Like, and, and I don't mean that in a mean way. Like, I covered Josh Dobbs yeah, when he was in college right. at Tennessee. I and covered here. the whole thing. And I covered him here when he, he was with the team in 2019. Uh, Josh Dobbs is the nicest guy. And if he wasn't playing for the Titans, I would honestly be sitting at home hoping that he does well. Because, you know... I, Great guy, great interview, always has been nice in in all of our interactions. Um, Crazy story. I mean, dude's a literal rocket scientist. I mean, interned at NASA like legit rocket scientist. And you know, though, everybody always like, it's it's football, not rocket science. Well, he if he can figure (laughs) out rocket science, I can't figure out why he can't figure out football. He's only made one start in his in his career at this point, so this is gonna be number two. And there's no way, like, I guess maybe he gives them a little bit of a better chance than Malik Willis right now, but, like, you can't have much confidence that he's... No, I don't think you I don't think you do. And, and like, slice and dice. Come on now. This has got to be the Derrick Henry show, and yes. I, I don't think there's any way around it. I think Dobbs is... They're going to have him throw 20 passes and give Derrick Henry 35 carries. I mean, that's the only way you win this game. Josh Dobbs is not going to beat you. No. I don't care. He threw his first career touchdown pass last week. I, I just don't see how you let Joshua Dobbs beat you. Nice guy, smart as hell, but 
he's not a quarterback that is going to scare this defense. I mean, anything can happen. Titans have a chance this game. You got Derrick Henry. Um, they've won some remarkable games at Jacksonville. I remember covering the team in 99. They beat them three times, twice here, including the AFC Championship game. Anything can happen. The Titans were pretty good that year, though. Mm-hmm. They were 13-3 uh, in the regular season. Um, but, again, you, you got Steve McNair and Eddie George in that game. Right now you've got Joshua Dobbs and Derrick Henry. Um, Derrick Henry, Henry dealing with some hip injuries. Derrick so. Henry is not the Derrick Henry from early in the season. No. Uh, banged up, missed last game. Um, so you, you know the Titans saved everything. This last roll of the dice for this game and this game only, I, th- I think um, you know, Malik Willis gives you a little bit of a chance with his legs, but I, I think Dobbs as a pure passer, you know, Mike Grable is, is rolling the dice there and saying he's banking on the veteran to get it done, but I just do not see a Derrick Henry maybe at 90%. Still good enough to beat a lot of teams, but I don't think in this environment with what's on the line, the magnitude of this game, how jacked the guys are going to be Saturday night, I don't see how you lose this game. And now there still is a hope that the Jaguars could sneak into the playoffs if they lost, but you don't want to have to go. We're not even going to just – we'd have to be sitting there waiting to make sure the Dolphins lose. you got to make sure that the, the – you need the Steelers to lose and you also need the Patriots to lose right. to sneak into the playoffs. Uh, but the best way to do it, you win. You win, you get a home playoff game mm-hmm. rather than going on the road. We will actually look ahead to that a little bit. So – uh, let's let's just say realm of possibilities here. They win. I think most people think that this is a, the Jaguars should be the favorite in this game, or are leaning that they will win this football game. Is that is that fair to say? Yes, I okay. think very. Um, so let's say they get the job done on Saturday night. We are one week away from a possible home playoff game here in Jacksonville. Something that hasn't happened since 2017. Um, and there are three teams that they that are in the realm of conversation for them to play. The Chargers are the most likely right now. The Ravens and the Bengals could also technically end up here, depending on how that the other two teams finish and what the NFL does with that mm-hmm. other game. Um, the most likely one is the Chargers. All the Chargers have to do is beat the Broncos, and it's almost locked in stone that they'd be here. Um, as opposed to if the Broncos won, then the Ravens would very likely end up here. I would like to see the Ravens. I would like to see the Ravens as well. <laughs> They've been um, one of the worst teams in the NFL in terms of vertical attack since Lamar Jackson's injury. Yes. I mean, who are you starting in that game? Um, I think Lamar's supposed to be back at some point in the near future. Um, but that's a that's a big kind of if, you know. Yeah, I, I don't I would rather face the Ravens if if I'm picking teams, but again I I don't think it matters. You're going to have to go through some darn good teams to, to get where you want to go. Um, I think the fact that you've already played the Ravens, you see how you match up well with them. You've already, I mean, you played the Chargers when they were banged up early in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, I think I'm more worried at this point in the year about Justin Herbert. Um, yes. he, he was, you know, nursing a rib injury early on in the season. Uh, they had some bad injuries in that game. And Lamar Jackson, yes, he's a potent runner, but he's been out of action for a month. Um, you beat him once here already with the unbelievable game, unbelievable comeback, 28-27 game. Um, I would be more skeptical as a Jaguars follower about the about a rematch with Justin Herbert yeah, and the I, Chargers. And, the, and you should be. And I know a lot of people, the reason I brought that up is because I, I mentioned that on social media and some people were saying, well, we beat the Chargers the first time. And the one thing I want to clear up is that, yes, they did beat the Chargers in week Savagely, they, might they, you ask. They, they drug them. <laughs> but 
but that was without Keenan Allen. Right. But Joey Bosa left in like the first quarter. Justin Herbert was playing through some rib a rib injury he probably shouldn't have been playing with through. I don't think Mike Williams no Mike Williams played. He that. played. But they they were without a lot of their weapons. There was a lot of things going on around that team and now they're healthy and they're also hot and rolling mm-hmm. down the stretch too. So I would much prefer that the Ravens win this week and Russell Wilson go out there and uh, beat the Chargers and send Lamar Jackson, whoever, here. Absolutely. As opposed to the Jaguars playing the Chargers a second time. Um, that, I think that's the best case scenario. I think best that's the best, best case scenario, best absolutely. Case scenario. I would much rather have a banged-up Lamar Jackson. Yes. You've seen him before. You've neutralized him. Yes. Um, and, and you've done it here, beat Chargers there. But the Chargers were banged up. The Chargers were beat down mm-hmm. the first time they played them. That was a very misleading score. Uh, you got a quarterback who was probably 60% that game. You lose a uh, possibly MVP pass rusher uh, in that game. So, yeah, I, I would far, far rather the Ravens and, and Lamar coming off an injury than I would any part of Justin Herbert. But more than likely, it will be the Chargers that would come to Jacksonville uh, for that playoff game. This, this is, again, if the Jaguars take care of business against the Titans. We're looking ahead a little bit. Um, that game would either be on Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. More than likely, it would probably be another Saturday kick uh, just because uh, I think it's over the past like four or five years, the AFC South champion has played on Saturday. So more than likely, it would be another Saturday game. Uh, But it would make for an interesting big game. Uh, Obviously, the Jaguars have to take care of business on Saturday first. Primetime game. Jacksonville doesn't get very many of those, so this is a big one. Um, I guess it's about time for us to wrap this thing up. Go ahead and pick the game. Do you think they walk out with a win? I do. I think it'll be closer than than it's expected. Um, I think the Titans bring their A game. I think Henry uh, gets going. Um, I think the defense rises up. I think Trevor does well in the game. But I do think it's a uh, one touchdown game. Jaguars win 27-21. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning a little bit of the different way. I think the Jaguars win this game, but I think it's one-sided and in a big way. Um, I just think the Titans are beat up. I think the Jaguars have been building toward this for a while now at this point. Um, And I think Doug Peterson still has something up his sleeve. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little two backs in the backfield this week that we see or uh, something of that nature to kind of throw the Titans. Just one thing that they haven't seen. And I just expect the Jaguars to roll out their juice, the home crowd behind them, and roll out with a big win. Put a cap on this season. Beat the sweep the uh, the Titans for the first time since 2005. I got them winning 38 to 12. Wow, blowout. 38 to 12. How did they yeah. get those 12 points? Four field goals. Yeah, you know, <laughs> hey, look, look. Old Derek out of the end zone. Old Derek out. Of, they'll, they'll go for a touchdown, miss a two-point conversion, you know. Hey, uh, but uh, look, that's that's how I'm feeling right now. I think that this is, you can kind of get a feel around around this Jaguars team where the energy's at. I don't think they're gonna let this one pass. Um, I, I just don't see a, a scenario right now where they walk out of that bank without... I think you hope that if, if you're the Jaguars, that the Titans treat it almost like the Texans did last week, where you're mentally checked out of this season. I mean, the Titans are beat up. They're mentally beat up. You lose your quarterback, you're down to a practice squad guy right. starting for you. Your running back's coming off of a, a game where he didn't play. The season has gone in the toilet. Six well, losses in a row. I just don't think they have the firepower to get the job done. Ultimately, I mean, with the, with the injuries they have, I mean, even if Josh Dobbs does roll out there, like, 
Who's he throwing to? Robert Woods is on his last leg. I mean, he's not looked good this year. Traylon Burks is a rookie. Like, are we asking him to roll in there and be a Jamar Chase? Like, he hasn't. He's shown this season he's not that yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying he can't be a good NFL guy, but he's not a world beater. And Tyson Campbell's been pretty good. So worst case scenario, he starts beating Darius. They're gonna be like Tyson, go. So who who else is he throwing the ball to? And I just don't think. And I mean, we talked about this before the season. Why I thought the AFC South was down was. I don't think Derek is at the point of his career where he can just be that guy anymore. And the one thing that's really changed is even before when he was that guy and we were like, man, Derek Henry is carrying the Titans. Ryan Tannehill was playing pretty well. Right, yeah. I mean, they still had a resemblance of a passing game. This season, they haven't even had that. Mm -hmm. And that's why they'll go out there and Derek will break, get 100 yards in the first half. And he's done it multiple times this season and then get nothing in the second half because everybody's like, well, if that guy can't throw the ball to beat us, well, we'll just stop Derek. Yeah, and that's that's what I think you're going to get with Josh Dobbs. I, I do think it'll be a closer game. Um, yeah, Doug, you know, Doug has mentioned, again, this week, you got to keep the guys focused. They're going to be beyond jacked for this game. Mm -hmm. You keep them focused on putting one foot in front of the other. They're going to be excited. You do what you need to do. Um, I, I think once that, that buzz dies down, I think it's going to be all in on stopping Derek Henry. They're going to say, beat us, Josh Dobbs. That's it. You've thrown one touchdown pass in your career. Let's see what you can do here. I, I don't think they want the game in, in Joshua Dobbs' hand. Mike Vrabel wants that in his hands. Uh, I think he's going to hope that Derrick Henry opens up a little bit of play action, and and that leads to something. I just don't see Joshua Dobbs being able to lead this Titans team, this banged-up Titans team, with very little on the outside of a, of a passing. I just do not see them being able to come in here now and steal a win out of Jacksonville. Not with the momentum, the, the electricity in this place. It's gonna be a different, uh, different kind of Jaguars team Saturday night. And that's what that's, uh, and we'll wrap up with this. But that's the one thing that worries me about the Jags going into the playoffs. Keep in mind they would they beat Zach Wilson slash whoever that other guy was from uh, from Canada football that came out. They beat Davis Mills slash uh, Jeff Driscoll, and then they would have beat. Josh Dobbs as the last three quarterbacks of the season. Defense has played phenomenal. I mean, three points against the Texans, three points against the Jets. Uh, I, yeah, I think the Titans aren't going to score very much, but that is the one thing that worries me with as well as the defense has been playing down the stretch is who are these quarterbacks they've done this against? And it's really guys that have not, not done Not Patrick much. Mahomes. Yeah, it's company. not Patrick Mahomes. It's not justin herbert right so um we'll see we're expecting to be having another news for jags episode next week to talk about the playoffs um and you know hey if that happens you know channel four will have a lot of uh stuff up our sleeve so you want to stay tuned over on newsforjags.com to see all of our special playoff coverage but uh thanks for tuning in for this podcast and we'll see what happens on saturday night see you